1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday and uh, as we look forward to college football, we just heard the call last week. What a crazy game. Crazy game. Florida and Utah with Florida winning that thing and beating Utah on Saturday. Right now, let's go out to the guest line. Stucky of the Action Network joins us. He hosts Action Network's Big Bets on Campus podcast. Stucky, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Uh, a lot of interesting games this weekend off of what we saw last week. A start certain one, but a pair of ranked teams, SEC, Kentucky, Florida, high-profile quarterbacks with Levis and Richardson, uh, looking at Florida, about a five-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you make of this game and, and the uh, rise of Anthony Richardson and what he did last week?
2: Yeah, crazy. Thanks for having me, by the way. And, yeah, crazy games last week. I kind of was uh, going through some withdrawal last night without college football, so excited mm-hmm. for <laughs> this weekend after a crazy one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the both games from start to finish and knowing that I wanted to get a read on both for this upcoming week. And was impressed with Anthony Richardson. Obviously, how could you not be? Uh, The Florida defensive line as well. And I was not impressed with a lot of things I saw from Kentucky. It was a bit down on them coming into the year. Their offensive line was a major issue. I think they ran for under two yards per carry against a completely rebuilt Miami Ohio defense. And if you look at that score, you say, hey, look, Kentucky covered, and it looks You know, everything looks great, but they had a a kick return to start the second half. They actually dropped the ball before they went in the end zone, but they didn't overturn it. Then they had a fumble that popped up in the air that they returned inside the five. Very misleading final score. Miami actually played with them. And that offensive line, it's, it's no longer the big blue wall. They lost a lot there. So I'm worried about that offensive line going up against Florida's defensive line. Kentucky does do a good job of preventing explosive plays. That's kind of like the MO of their defense, which is what you need to do against Richardson so I'm I'm looking under here under 52 I'm watching the market to see if it maybe ticks up 52 being a key number but I think the Florida's defensive line is going to cause a lot of problems for Kentucky who really misses Wandell Robinson and then on the other end I think Kentucky will do a good enough job at least preventing a lot of the explosive plays that Florida's going to be relying upon this year.
0: Snucky, we, we uh, try not to overreact and we don't want to uh, completely abandon our priors uh, fr- from over the summer here. But were there any specific teams that jumped out and you were thinking, man, until the market adjusts, maybe we have a bet on team here or, or a team that we should consider that you weren't thinking too much about as far as conference futures?
2: Yeah, I mean, I one of the teams that I was really impressed with, sticking with the MAC, was Ohio, and if you can still try to find some max futures, I took some preseason, and one of the things that I was kind of counting on was Miami Ohio, which was a was clear favorite in that division. Gabbert's been had injury problems in the past. He's out for a while. They, Miami Ohio also lost their starting left tackle, their starting tight end for long periods of time. And Ohio, which was just a complete mess last year, and if you recall, you know, their longtime coach, Frank Solsk, left in the summer, basically, and just left them kind of up in the air. And things were just chaotic all year. And Ohio never could really figure it out. Florida Atlantic is not Alabama. But Ohio looked really good in that game on offense. And that division is just completely wide open with Bowling Green and Akron and, you know, Kent State. So, uh, you know, I think in the MAC you see these teams go from 3-9 and nine to winning the conference. Uh, I think Ohio, which – Perennially, was always a decent team. Last year, kind of just fell off a cliff with the coaching situation. I wouldn't be surprised to see them at Ford Field in Detroit for the MAC championship game.
0: Stucky, Alabama and Georgia seem like the two elites. Who do you think will emerge as that third team? Because it kind of seems like the jury is still out on Ohio State. Um, who do you think will emerge there in that spot?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you just watch if you look at the box or didn't watch that Ohio State game, you would say Ohio State, okay, they were pretty impressive, but it just wasn't convincing, right? It wasn't what you wanted to see from the Buckeyes, and it kind of came away a little unimpressed. Now, Jackson Smith and Jiglett did get hurt. Maybe he suits up this week. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but I think that they're the clear third-best team in the country. But coming into the year, I had them and Alabama, a step ahead of everyone. And I had questions about Georgia. Okay, what is their defense going to look like after losing all of that talent? Obviously, big upgrade for me after what we saw last week against Oregon. Although Oregon did move the ball some high success rate, moved the ball up and down the field, but just couldn't convert anything into points. But Georgia's overall performance was just extremely impressive. I think those are the three clear best teams in the country. I think Ohio State's defense will only continue to improve with the addition of Jim Knowles because so their defense in the past against elite competition has just been disorganized and, and it, it, they just haven't had a really good coordinator there in quite some time. So I think Ohio State, by the end of the year, they'll be right there. And it's who's the fourth team. That's the question because <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to it. Everyone wanted to see, okay, what does Clemson look like this year? Maybe it's the freshman has to come in for Clemson and uh, the freshman quarterback. And then that makes them the fourth best team. But I think that's the more interesting question. Who's going to be that fourth team or the fourth best team in the college football playoffs?
1: Stucky, you mentioned Clemson there. Uh, they, they ended up winning, covering uh, that game against Georgia Tech. But it was choppy early. You mentioned the, the freshman quarterback and maybe some uncertainty there. If not Clemson in the ACC, who? I, I like NC State, but that was not inspiring, the game against East Carolina. I didn't like what I saw to Pitt. That was the kind of choppy against West Virginia. And then there's Miami right now, second favorite in this conference, five to one, depending on where you look. If not Clemson, who in the ACC?
2: Yeah, I think it's Miami. I mean, I I took Miami to win uh, their division and a little on the conference before the year started. In their division, they do get to host Pitt at the end of the year, which is big. But they have the proven quarterback play in the conference. We saw what Tyler Van Dyke did. I think he was – in the same company as Joe Burrow, for the only one to throw for I think over 300 yards with three plus touchdowns in five straight games against FBS opponents last year, and their offense really took off after he kind of came in, settled things down. And what they really needed last year, if you look at some of their weaknesses, discipline. You know, their offensive line had some issues, and then just tackling, just a lot of discipline and tackling issues. I think they got the right staff in place to fix some of those issues. You know, you bring in. Kevin Steele, the defense coordinator, just knows linebackers really well, which is an area of weakness there. Cristobal obviously knows the offensive line. So I think that they're going to fix a lot of those. that low-hanging fruit. It wasn't that the talent isn't there. And you're right. I just, I'm just i still not sold on the Clemson offense as a whole. It's just, it's just underwhelming, not just the quarterback play, the play calling, the receivers. And, yeah, they covered that game, but they got two punt blocks that created short fields, and it was against a hard Hard Georgia Tech team and NC State. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know if I trust it. They were outplayed by East Carolina in that game. If you look, if you take a look at the box score, and some people were saying they should be a top 10 team, I don't buy it. Um, I think it's clearly Miami. They have the proven quarterback play, the coaching, and I think are going to be the best overall talent.
0: Stucky, not the best slate, but uh, this Tennessee Pitt game is uh pretty intriguing at Pitt. Yeah, the vols favored by six and a half at most spots total up to 66. and a half. Uh, anything you like in this game?
2: Yeah, I was hoping to get Tennessee at a cheaper price, but I think the market has uh, caught on to Pitt a bit. Uh, I mean, if you look back at that game last week against West Virginia, I mean, West Virginia has the game in their hands, and it's a wide-open receiver, and it pops up, and Pitt gets it and returns it for a touchdown. Neil Brown also not going for the fourth and one near midfield. A game that really West Virginia let Flip out of 10. I, I'm not a fan of Pitt this year. The loss of Mark Whipple as offensive coordinator, I think that they're just going to be a lot more conservative and way less efficient on offense than they were last year with Whipple, Pickett, and Addison. So, yeah, I was looking to get Tennessee here, but it, it's priced out of my range. I'm, I'm a big fan of Pitt unders this year. I think they're going to be a great under team, just if you ignore last week because I think that they're going to play extremely conservative. It's still a really good defense, but I, playing a Tennessee over—I mean, a Tennessee under, excuse me, one of the scariest things you can do. They go 130 miles an hour at all times. So this is probably a pass for me. What I'll be looking for is hopefully, you know, in a game where there should be a lot of possessions, pick those up early. I can catch Tennessee live. I think Hooker can make a lot of plays against a very aggressive defense where you have to make plays against man quarters on the outside, where they're going to play aggressive and press you. Um, So I think Hooker can have a lot of success against that defense. So I'll be looking for Tennessee live if they get down early.
0: Awesome. What is one of your favorite bets for this week?
2: Uh, I'll give you – I'll throw out East Carolina, uh, minus 12. They were really impressive to me last week against NC State. And Old Dominion, while they did beat Virginia Tech. I mean, they did not look good in doing so. They had five turnovers, just it was a very fluky game. They had a touchdown off of a a snap on a field goal that went over the kicker's head, and their offensive line was a major problem. They have a walk-on at center that was getting blown up almost every play. Uh, The offense is still wonky. Um, I think East Carolina comes out here after that close. You You hope that they come out fresh and Not thinking about that devastating loss to NC State, but I think there's some value there. Uh, Eastern Michigan plus 12 against Louisiana. Um, Eastern Michigan, all they do is play one-possession games. The only team with more one-possession losses in the past five years is Nebraska. They tend to play teams tight. They're well-coached, always great up there in penalties and turnovers. They're not going to beat themselves. Louisiana playing two quarterbacks right now. Lost just a ton from that staff. The offensive line, the defense. So I think there's going to be some growing pains there, and I think Eastern Michigan is a tad undervalued. So I like them catching double digits.
1: Stucky, of the two big Heisman Trophy future moves we saw from last weekend, which one of you resonates more? Is Anthony Richardson went from about 60 to one to about 18 to one, Stetson Bennett in some places 100 to one down to 20 to one. Of those two, which one intrigues you more? The, the Anthony Richardson drop or the Stetson Bennett
2: drop? Yeah, the the Anthony Richardson drop is really intriguing. I think he's just a great fit for the Billy Napier offense and what he wants to run. Um, so I think that he's just going to have a monster year and he's, he's going to have so many electrifying highlights, which, and look, I'm a Heisman voter. Um, and there's, 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 it's real. Heisman fatigue is real. So it's like, all right, who else but Bryce Young? Uh, now, if he just blows away the competition, then there's no other choice. But the amount of highlights that everyone is going to see, you know, the pump fake last week when defender jumps in the air and he runs around him, and, I mean, there's just going to be so many of those types of plays that are, are a lot more meaningful than Stephen Bennett, you know, throwing three touchdowns uh, to his tight end just from a, a viewer standpoint. So I think the Richardson one is, is very interesting because he's going to be electric all season.
0: Stucky, what's your approach with some of these uh, monster point spreads? Are, are you always trying to make cases for the dogs? I mean, early on, Hawaii looks like they might be one of the worst teams in college football. They're a 51-point dog at the big house. Ohio State, not as impressive offensively as many were expecting against Notre Dame. And they're favored by 43 in a hook this week against Arkansas State. Uh, do, do you touch any of those games? Or we're talking, you know, <laughs> favorites five, six scores?
2: No, I mean generally no. I don't know how people handicap those games. I mean you're basically just trying to figure out when the favorite is going to pull the plug. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I do look for in those types of games, and I really missed the boat last week. I had it up and was waiting for a slightly better number. But Alabama, when they were up, I think it was maybe 48 nothing over Utah State, and then you know looking for like a live under um, in that but I still think there's some value in the market in those situations. I think it was like 70-something. And then, of course, ends 55 Nothing. Alabama just sits on it. Their backup defense is still good enough just athletically to shut down whatever I – mean, even if the team the – team the clearly inferior team is going to keep their starters in. So sometimes I look for live unders there. But, yeah, unless I have a really strong conviction that, look, these coaches are really tight and this team has a huge game on deck, they're worried about injuries. I don't think that they're they're just going to go up 35, 40, and then sit on it unless I you know have a strong conviction on that, because that's all you're basically betting on is when do they pull the starters? When are they satisfied? And then you also still just have to worry about early in the season, you saw with Clemson. I mean, Clemson says, okay, let's get a look at our freshman quarterback. And, you know, then they stick in another touchdown at the end. So, uh, when you're that more more talented, even your second stringers can pile it up. So I, I don't know how people bet them. Um, it, to me, it just feels like your are coin flipping.
1: Great stuff, Stucky. We appreciate it, Stucky, from the Action Network, host of the Action Network's Big Bets on Campus podcast. We'll be listening, and let's catch you up soon on some college football. I mean, that, there's some good stuff there, including those big numbers. Hard to bet, and you are you're guessing on when the better team's going to take their starters out. lot to hit on the rest of the show, including. Trend or truth next? Lots of trends out there for week one. Which matter, which do not? We'll hit that next right here on the Beck Network.